Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Big stories. Big guests. The big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. It's getting uh, pretty raucous today in downtown Calgary, and the Hyatt is the focus of it all since that's where the Prime Minister of Canada is. Uh, There were several hundred people gathered uh, downtown today uh, to send a very strong message in support of our resource sector, a very strong message in support of building pipelines. You've also got, however... A few hundred Canada Post workers uh, who are there very upset at the fact that the federal government is now poised to implement back-to-work legislation. Uh, They are demanding what they describe as fairness. They want to see progress in talks with the employer on a new contract. So they are there, and they are not happy either. Uh, So before we get to some of what the prime minister had to say, I wanted to get the latest uh, on the very interesting scenes uh, downtown. Joel Senek with Global News is there. Joel, can you hear us? I can hear you. All right. So where are you now? I'm just uh, so I could hear you. I stepped out of the middle of the protest to the side here. Just in front of the Hyatt, uh, as you mentioned in your, your intro there, you know, two groups here converging. And, and it's really a passionate show of both issues uh, that are at focus here. Yeah, and I mean, it sounds as though it is considerable, the two combined crowds, and that's causing uh, some, obviously, some traffic headaches. I got some roads, clo- roads closed. I think it's even affecting C-Train uh, service through the downtown. Yeah, and, it, you know, we got here just um, probably around 11.30 or so. And in the time between then and now, this is growing to encompass the entire block that is, in front of the Hyatt. And I was speaking to one of the members from the Postal Union, the local chapter here in Calgary, about, you know, the fact that you have these two two groups, two sides, and you know, they maybe don't agree on all issues, but they're both mad at the Prime Minister, they're both mad at the federal government. And she was telling me, look, this makes our show look even stronger. This may put this even more in the forefront, our issues, uh, the fact that we're able to almost combine protests here uh, in front of the Hyatt. Now, the Prime Minister is going to be speaking uh, a little bit later on here at the uh, Calgary Chamber, but for now, it sounds as though these, these protesters on both sides, uh, they haven't gone anywhere yet, have they? They haven't gone anywhere, and I would just estimate that it continues, continues to grow. Um, chances, as you may be able to hear behind, or uh, not behind, just the TV. <laughs> you might be able to hear from my phone, um, you know, signs. It's anything you would expect at a rally, and, and I think they're going to be here for sometime i've seen that some people plan to be here until the early afternoon possibly even two o'clock or so all right it's going to be an interesting afternoon joel thanks for the update appreciate this
No worries. All right, Joel Senek with Global News uh, downtown Calgary, uh, Calgary covering the uh, protest side of the Prime Minister's visit. Uh, Cody Battershill with Canada Action, uh, part of the uh, the organization behind this pro-pipeline rally downtown today. He chatted with Global News uh, about why they're there and the message they're trying to get across. We're here today to send a clear respectful and urgent message to the Prime Minister Justin Trudeau and the federal government that we need immediate action to support the oil and gas and resource sector across Canada. We are giving away uh, up to $100 million a day in oil and gas discounts to the United States because we haven't built pipelines and we need to see the federal government uh, step up and support the economy across the country. How would you say the industry is feeling today with all of the struggles? You know, I think it's the worst it's been in decades, if not in, in a gener- It's the worst it's been in generations. And there's a lot of people that are really worried for their jobs. They're worried how are they going to pay their mortgages and pay their rent? How are they going to put their kids in hockey and go on a family vacation? And, you know, as Alberta suffers and as the oil and gas industry suffers, there's less government revenues coming in across the country to support our social spending and our social services. What do you want the federal government to do? You know, I think the federal government needs to first and foremost immediately suspend Bill C-69, which many in industry, investors and uh, uh, industry associations have said will be the no pipeline bill. Under Bill C-69, we won't see any company come and propose any new projects. I think that's a real problem. Bill C-48 also, which was uh, enacted and is being considered without the consultation of Indigenous and First Nations in Northern BC that did support the Northern Gateway Pipeline, which will ban uh, oil exports from Northern BC. And then also looking at uh, Canada's competitiveness with things like the clean fuel standards. All right, so there you go. That's uh, Cody Battershall chatting with Global News uh, about this protest downtown today. A very positive message in support of industry uh, and one that certainly uh, many people were eager to support. Uh, Again, several hundred, maybe even over a thousand. Uh, they're in support of this message. Uh, and then a hundred, couple hundred uh, Cup W protesters upset about the back-to-work legislation. So quite a scene in the downtown today. So the prime minister in town, obviously some uh, very pointed questions to be asked to the prime minister. Let me play for you a few minutes here as the prime minister where they're making a, an announcement to, about affordable housing. But a lot of questions, as you can imagine, about what Alberta is dealing with right now and what they're going to do about it. Uh, the Alberta government has asked your government to purchase locomotives and rail cars to increase crude by rail shipments in the coming weeks and months. What do you make? What do you think of this proposal? Is your government prepared to spend money to do it or will you leave Alberta to pay for it? I, uh, I was, uh, we, um, I, uh, I know how difficult the uh, situation is right now for Albertans, how uh, worried people are. This is a, uh, a very difficult context right now with uh, the differential where, being where it is and uh, you know, piled on top of uh, years of, of uh, uh, struggling with low oil prices. So uh, I very much hear the concerns and the fears that Albertans have been expressing lately and uh, I'm glad to be here today to to listen to those and and to respond to some of them. Uh, When I was uh, in Alberta in uh, in this past spring, I was up in Fort McMurray uh, meeting with members of industry, industry leaders, and they shared with me some of the priorities that they had that they thought the federal government could move forward on. Uh, One was uh, ensuring pipeline access to new markets. And the other was an accelerated capital cost allowance. Those were the the two strongest priorities they put forward. Well, uh, we moved forward yesterday uh, on a a clear uh, 
support for businesses right across the country, but also very much the oil and gas industry here with an accelerated capital cost allowance that will significantly help. Uh, and as you know, we are working very hard and diligently to uh, expand our uh, resource markets across the Pacific uh, by getting uh, a pipeline to move forward in the right way. Um, I will be sitting down with industry leaders a little later today, the Chamber of Commerce, but also then with oil and, and, uh, and gas executives, uh, to talk about their suggestions on what the federal government can do more, and I look forward to listening to them and hearing how we can even help more. I don't really have to enumerate the facts to you, you know them already. We still have no pipeline with shovels in the ground. Our crude is being sold at horrendous bargain basement prices. This city is suffering from high unemployment. A quarter of the offices in the downtown are empty. We've heard again and again and again that our concerns in Calgary and Alberta are going to be addressed, that you are listening to our concerns and that something will happen. What commitments can you make and what can you say to Calgarians and Albertans today, given the facts that both you, me, and your government both know the reality on the ground in this province? What can you actually do to help us? Well, as we've demonstrated, we continue uh, to uh, engage here with Albertans, listen to the concerns, and uh, make concrete investments. We were just, uh, here just a few months with you, Rick, uh, a few months ago, Rick, where we uh, announced the airport trail investment. We've made investments in the ring road. We've uh, made investments uh, in the green line. Uh, we're here making a significant investment in affordable housing uh, in, the, uh, in, the, in the urban core here in, uh, in Calgary. These are the kinds of things uh, that people know are uh, important for a government to continue to do and we'll uh, keep uh, working with the municipality with the province uh, to look at how we can be even of further help specifically around the industry uh, we've uh, ensured uh, that uh, we continue to move forward on uh, the Trans Mountain Pipeline, knowing that we have to do that in the right way, and that's why uh, we are following the blueprint set forward by the Federal Court of Appeals. Uh, the big ask of the business community uh, over the past months has been an accelerated capital cost in Iowa. It's going to allow for new investments, and uh, investments like uh, uh, like the one that uh, that Imperial Oil has just announced uh, at uh, at Aspen, uh, the Aspen Oil sense uh, will benefit significantly from the accelerated capital cost allowance. Uh, we're always uh, going to be here uh, to work in partnership with the uh, people of Alberta, people of Calgary, uh, in meeting the very real challenges they have right now. But you talk about the horrific confluence of events. There are many things that are beyond our control here, whether it's the refineries uh, down for maintenance, uh, whether it's uh, what's happening overseas around oil prices, uh, or whether it's the fact that we are indeed constrained and have been for a long time to sell 99% of our oil to, uh, to the U.S. Uh, we are working very hard to try and change that uh, and we're working hand-in-hand -hand with industry. What specific plan do you have to address the plunging price of Canadian crude including this devastating price differential. Specific plan for uh, you. I look very much forward to sitting down with uh, industry experts to hear from them. Last time I sat down with them, they laid out two big priorities. One was uh, get our resources to new markets, build uh, more pipelines, and we're working very hard to make sure that that gets done in the right way. 
uh, as as you know, we uh, we move forward with uh, the purchase of the Trans Mountain expansion project, uh, so as to assure that it could continue to to move forward. And we're following the blueprint set out by the uh, Federal Court of Appeals to make sure that it's done the right way. Uh, secondly, businesses asked very clearly for an accelerated capital cost allowance that would uh, apply here to the oil and gas industry, and we're doing exactly that. We're doing it right across the country. Uh, I'm going to continue to sit down uh, with municipal leadership, with the Chamber of Commerce, uh, with uh, leaders in the oil and gas industry this afternoon to hear about what more we can do. But I know investments like right here in housing, uh, invest in, in, in public transit and transportation infrastructure, uh, investments in the middle class and people working hard to join it, as we've been doing uh, all through our mandate, are things that have a direct and real impact on uh, folks in Calgary. Okay, the Prime Minister speaking uh, here in our city today. Nothing there that I think is really going to fill anybody with uh, any confidence whatsoever. I mean, he was asked on a couple of different occasions, very specifically, what is your plan? There doesn't seem to be one. He was asked specifically about the Alberta government's call to get more rail cars uh, online uh, to help move product. But uh, the federal government uh, doesn't seem too keen on that. And you heard the Prime Minister kind of sidestep the question. Rachel Notley, speaking earlier this morning, was asked about this. The premier uh, not very impressed with the fiscal update and the lack of new rail capacity. We would have liked to have seen um, a greater recognition of the uh, challenges faced uh, in Alberta and, quite frankly, the consequences to the whole Canadian economy uh, uh, as a result of these punishing differentials. And uh, we were disappointed uh, that we didn't see specific reference to that um, in the uh, in the fiscal update that we saw yesterday. Um, and uh, and and we think they could have done better because at the end of the day, this differential it's not just in Alberta issue. It is a, an issue that impacts investment across the country. And, uh, and uh, so we are hopeful that we will hear more from them uh, in the very near future on this. Is there anything in the offering about rail capacity? Uh, well, as you know, we've, we've um, uh, made a business case to the federal government uh, for them to uh, uh, come in and, and uh, support industry by uh, in, in the effort to increase our takeaway capacity and essentially increase um, our access to rail cars. And so we've not gotten an answer from the federal government yet. Would have been nice to have seen it in the fiscal update. Would have nice to, to it would have been nice to hear the the uh, finance minister uh, talk more about this issue uh, very specifically. Um, so now we wait. But uh, let me be clear, uh, we're not going to stop talking about it. I'm going out to uh, um, Ottawa and Toronto next week uh, because the reality is, is that this is a very, very important and critical issue to the country's economic well-being. And, uh, and uh, it needs to be understood that way. Okay, so that was the preview this morning before the Prime Minister's comments uh, just a short while ago. Uh, but... There was nothing new, as you heard from the prime minister, regarding these concerns. Is there anything the prime minister could have said? Was there anything that you were hoping that he was going to say? Uh, this is Brian. Brian, welcome to the program. Good morning. Or good afternoon, sir. How are you today? Very well, thanks. Hi. You asked a question of what he could have said that would please us. Two words. I resign. Okay. Uh, do you think there's uh, someone else in the Liberal Party that would do a better job? Uh, probably anyone, probably a backbencher for sure. Okay. Well, he didn't say that. Uh, not that we expected him to. Uh, this is Nick. Nick, welcome to the program. Yes. Uh, I was just, uh, 
after the massive thorough hearings that the National Energy Board had before they approved the pipeline, what what uh, right has two judges out of the three to cancel or to say it wasn't thorough enough? Those two judges don't know. They're not experts, so why would they shut the country down with a decision that Trudeau won't challenge? Okay. Well, uh, they, yeah, they, they're not appealing the ruling, but they're going to try to um, to live up to its conditions. Well, that's just talk. We'll okay. meet with we'll meet with industry to, regarding the differential. We need the pipelines, and you can't have upgraders without pipelines, and you can't have you have to have both. Yeah, no, that's that's true. They can appreciate the phone call. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe the the decision could have been appealed. It wasn't, I mean, look, it was a legal decision by a court, by the Federal Court of Appeal, uh, that the federal government uh, did not live up to its uh, legal obligations. So at the moment, I mean, it's it's more than just talk in that NEB hearings uh, have restarted to address a, a specific issue that was not previously addressed. The federal government says it is going to engage in more meaningful consultation. So if after all of that, we still don't have a pipeline, well, then then we got a bigger problem. Um, let's see what uh, Eric has to say. Eric, thanks for calling in. Welcome to the program. Hey, thanks, Rob. You know what? I was so disappointed this morning. I, I, after the budget, I thought I'd take a look and see what the papers in uh, Quebec were saying. And right there, Montreal Gazette, what do we hear? More, they demand more action on climate change and a picture of a polar bear. I'm so disappointed but the reality is that until people in Quebec start to associate the, the, the bounty that Alberta oil is for them in the, in the form of equalization payments, I know it's not money coming directly out of our pockets, as you've said many a time. But the bottom line is we do subsidize their lifestyle. They just haven't made the connection. Their economy is based on a lot of green energy, a lot of hydroelectric power that they produce that they also get very cheaply from that uh, deal that Joey Smallwood did with Newfoundland. There is a disconnect, and our prime minister is not doing us a service by not educating, I should say, the individuals in Quebec who are voting for him very strongly. I think his numbers there are 20% above the conservatives. That is not what a prime minister should be doing. And as such, he comes here with little to say. There is nothing that he said today that gave me any confidence or comfort that a year from now there's going to be shovels in the ground. And that is very, very troubling. All right. Eric, appreciate the phone call. Uh, let's try to get one more in here. We've got uh, Al on the line. Al, go ahead. Yes, thanks, Rob. Uh, we've had uh, oil companies that were ready and trying to put pipelines in the ground to move the bitumen to east and west coast. We now have a government that is... Uh, buying this plan to uh, carry on with the pipelines. We have uh, the judicial system saying no, we have not, and I can't really believe that the oil companies did not check into the proper methods of putting in the pipelines with the ERCB. Uh, we now also have uh, discussion that are needed with the native people, which uh, 
I, I would really like to know what percentage. I've heard there's a significant percentage of them that are in favor of it, but it seems like the minority groups get the ear of the government. Uh, I would really like the PM to be able to say, well, within the next year, we should be in the process of uh, putting the pipeline in the ground. But he doesn't seem to be able or to do that. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.